0: Welcome to another edition of your impact attack that's right it's your impact attack this is all yours it's we we have nothing to do with it except for I mean we're, we're holding it for you we're just there's gonna hold you it's like when you say hold my beer and you go do something crazy it's like okay hold my impact attack and we are the ones to hold it but who are we I am Jamie Williams
1: Rogers guy, the vet, that, vet, that, that, rip, rip,
0: rip, Rogers guy. Also known as the vet with me as always, my tag team partner, Brandon tagging in. Brennan, what is going on?
1: Not much, man. Uh, Wrestling, though, kind of a bit of a big weekend with uh, at least one kind of pretty major piece of news happening, which I'm sure we'll get to in the show. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to it. And uh, we will get to it uh, rather quickly. But um, whose impact
0: attack is it? It's yours, right? So not yours, yours, but yours, the Royal You, the theirs. Who, whose impact attack are we holding on to right now? As of of this moment, which is 9.31pm Eastern Standard Time, as we're live here recording this, whose impact attack is this?
1: Let's see, we got hanging out with us right now, Lab Rat, Lizbeth, Javi Uchida, and Retro Rocket Review. How you guys doing tonight? I hope you're having a great night and had a great day. Whoop, whoop, let's get it, get it
0: oh man
1: that's uh
0: well we love all of them but um and that's not enough we're gonna need some more uh, people whose impact attack this is uh this is uh this is this this won't do but i'm sure we'll we'll get some filing in uh here and there as we get the ball rolling so how about um that news that you were talking about it's uh It's something that was speculated on for weeks, and uh, everybody had their own take on it, but apparently now we all know the truth. Um, And that is right. Uh, Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge, is now officially All Elite. So, making his big uh, entrance at WrestleDream, I assume this is part of if not the entire thing of uh Tony Khan saying there's a new era uh in AEW. Um so that's certainly uh one certainly one way to do it. Um So yeah, there he is. He's there. He made his debut. I didn't even see it yet. I've only heard the news. I haven't even, you know, As I was explaining, you know, before uh, we went on the air, just so much wrestling at once and then, like, almost nothing the rest of the time. You know, it's I really wish all the companies would get together and coordinate their weekends and say, oh, you got a show on this weekend and there's absolutely nothing going on on this other weekend? Well, that would be a good time for our show then and to have everybody, you know, uh, not just cram everything in one week, but, um, you know, so I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it, but, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, here, here's edge. He, he, uh, he went to AEW.
1: it's that simple. It's, uh, definitely opens up the door for a lot of interesting and fresh feuds and angles. I my main concern is just for his health and well-being cuz we've seen what goes on there and I'm legit worried for the guy. That's my first my first thing is like are they going to take care of him? Are they going to protect him and make sure that he's not in a situation where he could end up crippled or god forbid dies in the middle of the ring.
0: Well, let me stop here right there. Even though it sounded like he stopped. Uh hmm. I'm going to I'm just going to say that well I mean it's it's really everyone's own responsibility right and that extends to even the most bottom guy of AEW you know it's up to you to say what you will and won't do and we've talked about that um here on this show just you and I have gone you know back and forth about this um not not back and forth or arguing but just at different times we've we've discussed how if you're not comfortable with doing something, you just, you don't do it. Don't matter if it's, you know, it doesn't matter who's telling you to do it. You have to stand up for yourself and not only for your own safety, um, which is foremost in all of this, but also uh, just for the quality of the show. If you're If you're not good at doing something, no one's going to want to see you fuck it up or anything else, so... For many reasons, uh, people have to take their own responsibility when it comes to pro wrestling and what they will and won't do. And Edge has certainly uh, earned. You know, no nobody's going to question. You know, this isn't going to be a situation of one of the Dark Order guys coming and say, "Hey, I was thinking of dropping you on your head on the outside." What do you think? Like this is, it's it's never going to be something like that, right? Anyway, but it's so it's more like. Hopefully, Edge isn't going to feel the need to do anything himself because ever since he's been back, you know, he's done some ridiculous things, you know, since his since his post retirement unretirement. Um, and even the last match he had with Sheamus was, you know, some would argue a little much, um, just for a random SmackDown match that had no meaning whatsoever. Um, but uh so I I I think it's it's not a question of is AEW gonna take care of Edge. We know they're not taking care of anybody. Uh just ask John Moxley, right? So um that's you know it's all on him, basically, is what I'm trying to say in a in a long and roundabout way. Um I'll answer retro rocket review. He says, Do you want quantity or quality of people here in the chat? Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, both. I want a high a high quantity of high quality people,
1: so we there. There's no reason to have to choose. Um, exactly, like like uh, you want to be loved more, or are uh, people people love you or fear you. Both. I want them to be afraid of how much they love me. That's right. That's the best way. To, that's the best way to do it. Um. So yeah. So I'm I'm not
0: uh, I'm not too worried about that. Um. I'm not too worried about Edge. He knows he knows what he's doing, right? Or does he? I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, he's already scheduled for a match, apparently. Um, yep,
1: him and Luchasaurus.
0: Right. Now, that, you know, assuming everything goes well, that should be safe. He should live through that. Cause, uh, Luchasaurus's shit looks so bad that it couldn't hurt anybody in the first place. So that, that'll be all right. It's just a question of if he tries to chokeslam him through something. That's really the only, uh, the only dangerous uh proposition there um but uh yeah and and we we want to know what you guys think oh al robinson snuck in i didn't see that sorry uh if you um you know if you have thoughts on edge go ahead put those in the chat anything that you think um but so yeah uh what else can we say about it i mean shit Like I said, I didn't even watch it I didn't even
1: watch it They didn't watch his debut I mean, there's a lot of different directions They can go Of course, now you have Edge and Christian And the Hardy Boys in the same promotion again The Dudley Boys are kind of a sort of Essentially free agents So, who knows Oh god (laughs) To to your point, I don't want to see any of that I don't want to see what these guys Are going to try to do I, I I guarantee you, if those three got together, if those three teams got together again, it would probably be some kind of cinematic, uh, broken Hardy's universe thing. Oh, that's so. Oh, that's interesting.
0: The, you imagine? Know, I mean, bully's been getting a lot of practice with phony cinematic shit. You know, like that. <laughs> that's is that is that what he's ready to. Uh... He's just been dipping his toe in, in in preparation for the real thing. It's interesting, interesting. Um,
1: so, uh, and again, you can easily bring in bring in Gangrel, bring in Spike Dudley, get Lita involved again. Yep. Yeah. we'll just get a whole reunion over
0: in AEW <laughs> because you know we need them to be even more like WCW than. Than even the direction they're already going in so many in so many ways. The Liz yeah. says, so Al Robinson says, no, thank you, which could be his his uh, response to Edge and AEW. Or he could be saying no, comma, thank you or whatever for uh, me acknowledging it. whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, either way, I'll take it. Liz says, so seeing Edge and Christian together one last time before they both retire will be good, but all in all, Edge isn't the guy who is going to push AEW to the next level. Yeah, I don't know if if, if anybody really thought he was, uh, or if they're trying to convince himself that he is, but um, hopefully nobody did. Um, he's probably there for more than a payday. Edge is rich. He doesn't need any money. Uh, he's not going to not get money. That's for sure. You can always, as Mr. Burns says, I trade it all for a little bit more. But uh, n- nonetheless, he's also, you know, I think one of the things that's attractive and also to her point, seeing Edge and Christian together. Yeah, you'll see him together. But with what Christian is doing now, where like most of his gimmick revolves around commenting on people's dead father's. Uh, I don't know if edge wants to just get right into that and attach himself to it. You know, like a, he's, he's probably going to enjoy the baby faceness of his, his arrival, I think. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, but, um, it could be an edge versus Christian or, or something like that. Who knows? We'll see. Or if he, or he'll pull him off that path of disrespecting people's fathers, who knows? Um, but yeah, um, yeah uh lab says walker's wheelchair and cane match um chris Winland is here uh who just recently was one half of a uh what was it uh was it a wrestle dream review or was it a no mercy review it was some review he was on with jimmy t did a review for the pwc so congratulations chris Winland, making his uh A debut as an analyst says word up hameen army a sad how all the top stars in AEW from wwe while failing to build their own superstars i mean i say um yeah no mercy okay i i would say this chris i would say um it's not that they haven't built their own stars it's just that aw is just not big enough you know it's 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 and that's a function of not only is it always a struggle to get, you know, look, it, it's always a struggle to get off the ground. Look at what show we're doing right now. We're doing the impact attack. We're still talking mm-hmm. about impact wrestling all these years later. um, And it's, t- and, and TNA had guys like Hulk Hogan and Kurt Angle and all this stuff. And they were just never, it was just never the same, you know, and even, and, and even that, that you could say they weren't, building up their own stars they were trying to build up their own stars but even when they brought in the other stars they never got big enough it's it's tough it's tough to run a wrestling promotion especially in the in the vince jr era after he stomped out all the wrestling promotions mm-hmm. uh, on his way to a on his way to a monopoly yeah and it, yeah no one's gonna know and no one knows any of the four pillars but um you know hopefully uh they, they, they will know if any of those four pillars go to wwe they'll know the pillars <laughs> mjf they'll know him um so yeah we'll see uh so retro rocker review says edge will bring in more viewers not as many as tk thinks it will al robinson no thank you to seeing deadly boys hard edge of christian yeah i would say, i would say that yeah uh but the other point um the other point uh, I was—I uh, had something uh, off Elizabeth's comment, but um, I, I can't remember. I guess I was just going to touch on sort of Edge uh, taking a a role of you know leadership and you know maybe trying to just be a player coach the way CM Punk was trying to do, and hopefully they won't run him out of town. <laughs> uh eventually on the same because it was all it was all good when cm punk first got there too right so you know as soon as you start trying to talk sense to people that's when they decide "Eh, you gotta go um it happened with cody it happened with punk and it could happen with edge as soon as he gets fed up with uh you know trying to speak to a brick wall perhaps um he'll just be like well when's my contract up you know wrestling business going to wrestling business yeah and that that's kind of how it's always been too so <sighs> it's tough and then you have um, you know you have uh, No Mercy right which also took place this weekend which is a big deal and which I will have to do my own sort of review on Wednesday to cover that Along with the fresh episode of NXT with Big Ray. But, um, you know, I'm just sitting there when I'm watching that show and I'm just thinking, this is, uh, yeah, this is a show. This is, this is, this is matches. This is people doing things to each other in a ring. It, I, I don't, I, I really, I really don't know um, what. I'm supposed to think or say about it which is is that that's kind of like how i feel about this episode of impact it's like you guys just did stuff and i have to talk about it now i i don't know what's if there's a lot of like really great deep conversations to be had about you know this uh this subject matter um i mean I know that uh, I, I know that you don't watch NXT, Brandon, but you had to one time uh, when you filled in for me on next level review, and thank you for that. Uh, in in your impression, um, you know, was something if if I'm not mistaken, was something along the lines of what the fuck is this shit, right? Like when you watch the show,
1: a little bit, yes, it's kind of like it was the most basic simplistic, like the storylines were as low stakes as you could get. And there was really n- very little nuance to anybody. It was basically like, okay, you're either a good guy or a bad guy. And that's it. Not really any depth. So, like yeah, there dude. were a couple, like a couple of like exceptions, but even those weren't like that far removed from the rule.
0: Well, well, I'll put it to you like this, right? They they are clearly trying to. <laughs> you know what's funny? NXT is kind of doing a um. They're kind of they're kind of doing an AEW because they're bringing in WWE stars. Also, the only difference is the WWE stars are still under contract with WWE, <laughs> so they're co- <laughs> So they're coming down to NXT for whatever reason. Uh, you know, creative's got nothing for you. Uh, you could help this talent. will will we'll, Maybe it's to to bring eyeballs to the show. If you think anybody's gonna watch, you think one more person's gonna watch the show because Baron Corbin's on it. You're fucking crazy, but
1: whatever. It's, it's possible because when they brought a what was it Dominic down there, they saw like a increase of like a one like somewhere between one hundred and two hundred thousand people. Right, and when Becky went down there, there was even more. And now that Becky's the champion,
0: you know that that's part of you know that's part of it. But I'm sure she's also pulling double duty as a scout um, because there's a lot of women in NXT, and up on Raw and SmackDown, it's a lot of thin. Uh, I know that I know saying that is funny because Nia Jax just returned, but I'm just saying their women's roster is thin up there in terms of depth. Like yes, they have people, but you know for several reasons not the least of which is they've marginalized all of their talents across the board uh which when you do that when you marginalize everybody um then doing things like sending sending people to nxt to help improve the ratings of the show for example if that is indeed what their thought process is that's you just you just made them useless on your main program and then you send them down and they're supposed to be like a ratings draw now that doesn't necessarily apply to dominic for example um but for becky lynch i mean she was involved in this long thing with trish stratus and it was it was long and it was it was clear that they were not putting the effort behind it that they could have it's it's extremely clear to anybody that's reading between the lines and seeing you know reading the tea leaves as stevie ray likes to say or or you know anybody that knows what they're looking at realizes that they quickly gave up on um that whole thing and they just left those women out there to twist in the wind It, it was really bad it would be like in the they they'd put matches on in the the you know the pre main event death spot on the show or they'd have them go out there for like ten minute promo segments that went nowhere almost like you could just see there was like just pull time they're probably having people tell them in the ring go longer you know stall you know just just anything to make them look bad and to make the people lose interest so you know you 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 could have had becky you could have several people red hot um instead you know they're kind of they're kind of lukewarm at best and probably cold and then you go down to nxt and they still get a big ratings boost now imagine what kind of ratings boost you could have been if they were red hot but if you wanted them red hot you would have used them better on your show so it's like you're sabotaging yourselves and to what end you know, I, I I don't understand the thought process there.
1: Becky and Trish is like if you do it and build it right, that's a that's a main event like house drawing match. Yeah, I think so. Instead, what was
0: it like the opening match of you know their 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 cage match was was went on first of yep. whatever pay per view that was like. I don't even remember. That's how that's how memorable it was. And not even one of the big four pay-per-views either. Right. So anyway, um, so so back to No Mercy. So, you know, another guy they sent out there that I already mentioned, Baron Corbin or whatever, he's in the opening match against Braun Breaker, who, you know, we know that's Rick Steiner's son and blah, blah, blah. And ever since uh, his father's made an ass out of himself in public, now he's had to for some reason coincidentally or not he has sort of taken a downward slide in his trajectory um i'm sure it's just a coincidence that all happened at the same time i'm sure one thing has nothing to do with the other even though he's completely innocent of the situation but whatever you got and yet, and he by, he by association is just part of this business doesn't matter
1: Sucks. he actually had a really great response to that too
0: yeah but in any case, so his so so, you have Baron Corbin go down there, and they and like I said, they're in the opening match, and you know big big brawl there. First of all, um, you got two heels right, and then you're you're expecting. I don't know what they thought people were supposed to respond to this with. Like, who are they supposed to cheer for in this situation where you don't like either one of these guys? Then you just put Baron Corbin over. So it's like, uh, um, I, I don't understand the direction we're going here. And, that is, it, and people were saying, like, oh, they're ready to call, call Braun up. They're ready to call Braun up. Well, it, maybe, you know, I understand, you know, in the territory days, you used to do the favors on the way out of your territory, but that was back when nobody would see it. And when you went to another territory, weren't necessarily seeing what you did because they couldn't get that tv program or they couldn't be in those live shows because now you're in another market so you're just a fresh face coming in if you're in the same company and they just beat you then if they want to call you up why would we want the loser if somebody on raw if our if our raw smackdown gm is gonna say Oh, um, we need somebody from NXT. Why are they going to pick the loser? Oh, this guy just lost his belt. Well, that's who I want. You know, Ilya Dragunov finally became the NXT champion by beating Carmelo Hayes. So if Carmelo Hayes is going to get called up and he's not the champ, why would you not want the champion? Why would you want the guy that, that lost? It, it doesn't make sense. So They've really got to put together a better strategy for their development their development of the talent that's going to take the next step and start making them look
1: strong on their way to Raw and SmackDown. It's it's not that difficult. Like if you're going to call up a champion, call up other champion and be like, "All right, we're you're we're going to vacate the title and we'll figure out a way to fill it." It's not that difficult. Apparently it is extremely difficult. It's so difficult,
0: but that's why we sit in our seat, because we don't know how difficult it is. We are just (laughs) small-time podcasters who have no knowledge or, uh, you know, experience whatsoever. Um, But nonetheless, we are ready to impart our uh, lack of knowledge and experience to you all uh, with a review of Impact. So I understand that we do not have a punching-up Impact this week. And I'm sure it will return, you know, perhaps next week or at the earliest convenience.
1: Uh, yep, I'm Brandon shooting. Here. Yep, I'm shooting for a two-parter for the two-parter of the 1,000 episodes. Ooh,
0: all right. That's a uh, that's a big package. It's a large package, pal.
1: That's what she said. That's what she said.
0: All right. Well. Without any further uh, ado, we will get into this impact review, and uh, we will get you guys out of here and in bed at a reasonable hour. So uh, let's start with the ketchup packet, um, <laughs> and that is uh, shorthand for their recap intro. Now, it's become another uh, thing that we do here, running gag, and we're gonna just we're just gonna start off hot. We're starting off hot. It's the X Division Championship match. Uh, Alan Angel said he's not waiting; he's cashing this shit in. He's not going to wear it like a necklace, and uh, he's 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 challenging Chris Sabin for the X Division Championship. Um, so right off, you know, right off the bat, you know, they start their match, and they do. There's the there's, they do a couple of things that I could do without for the rest of my wrestling viewing life um they do the that close spot like these are the you know when when i if i see one more wrestler do the that close thing like do you not realize this has already been tired for years and years now um there's that he does he does alan angels does that and the discount double check the you know the title title around the waist motion like, back-to-back, back, right at the top of the match. After the bell's already rung, too, you know? So, like, it's not like he's saying, I'm gonna be a cha-. He's already in the match competing against the champion, and he's making the belt motion at the champion in the match. So, great, great start there. Um, And they, they work some uh, hip-toss arm drag, you know? Uh, which is very, very basic. It seems like... Um, this looked like a the beginning of this kind of looked like a wrestling drill that you would run at, at a school. Did you did you see that? You saw Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's just how little that uh Saban thinks of angels or whatever, that he's like, let's get remedial here. Um <laughs> I I don't know. But uh you know, another another thing that I noticed. So Alan Angels hits him with an arm breaker, right? And whatever. If you don't know what I mean, it's like he grabs the uh, he grabs he grabs Chris Saban's arm and falls to his back, and like you know, Chris Saban takes a bump, and it looks like he's giving his arm a code breaker. All right. Um, so so he yeah. does that, and then uh, Chris Saban falls to the he falls to the mat and he's selling but he's not selling so bad that he can't use his hurt arm to fix his elbow pad on his other arm right and this would be a constant thing that i'm watching throughout the match you guys you guys are watching a wrestling match if you're watching this at all i'm watching this fucking guy sell his uh or try to sell his arm and completely ignore the fact that you know that his arm is hurt as he uses his hurt arm to fix the elbow pad on his other arm which keeps sliding down it's a match within a match it's chris Sabin versus his elbow pad which is apparently too big which means that he either got a new elbow pad that didn't fit right or uh he's lost weight and his arm is shrunk and it doesn't fit in the elbow pad anymore um so he's constantly having to fool with this elbow pad throughout the match when he's supposed to be selling But when he is selling, he's also doing this thing where he he does the... my god, why? Why? If I had a muffin right now. So, he does the thing where he's like, he's selling by like shaking his arm like he's trying to shake feeling back into it, like he has pins and needles like his arm fell asleep or something. Bro. If you have if something has happened to your shoulder or your elbow joint, like if a, if a man has like hyperextended or, or, or done something to your bones, okay. Shaking feeling back into it. Isn't going to do anything. You know, when, when, when my wrist broke, I didn't just like, you know, I didn't just start going like this. Ah, I just got to get some feeling back into my broke wrist. It's, it doesn't work like that. That's not the cell. Cause, and, and, I'm saying that because the rest of the time he's selling it where he's like holding his arm close to his body like you do when your arm is broken, like he's trying to have a match with with his arm you know tucked into his chest. you know if you can see me uh, on video here, like uh, you know the camera's not that, but he's he's holding his arm in that L shape uh, close to his body, but every once in a while he's trying to shake feeling back into it, even though he could have a possible fracture, so that's definitely the best way to sell that, right, Brandon? Is that is that is the proper sell for that? I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody does. Anyway, this is Goldberg ninety eight we're talking about. You really didn't think Alan Angel's gonna win this belt, right? So oh, Chris went... Same is going to kick out of a low blow and uh the roll up, you know, which is a deadly move in and of itself. Um and he's gonna hit his
1: uh cradle shock and one, two, three. Oh, even with one arm, he's still going over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this
0: was not designed to get Allen Angels over in any way. Um, a good worker can definitely get somebody over even while winning. Uh but we've seen we've seen what this is. Nothing new in 20 years. Same old Saban. I once thought highly of Saban at a period of time, maybe I was just comparing him to the field back then, like of other, you know, small guys that were in TNA at the time and doing a lot of stuff that made no sense. I thought, now here's a guy who, uh, you know, does stuff, does a lot of stuff and some of it doesn't not make sense, but, you know, uh, again. when it's fun to look back and see what people have learned over a period of time, like when you see late stage people where the light bulb goes off and you say, "Oh, if I, I was just talking on the Monday locker room earlier today uh no no, it wasn't Monday locker room it was um excuse me, it was the uh the wreckage, I believe when we were complaining we were we were lamenting the slide of Chris Jericho's career and saying how there was a point in time where the light bulb went off and i it was about 2008 when he put on suits and started talking slowly and i was like oh this is so different from the guy that was just trying to do a bunch of stuff you know like i i could see the the wisdom you know it was it was visible it was palpable and uh, that's all gone now but at least, like I said, for a time, you could see the progression. And with Sabin, I haven't seen that. It's just the same thing for 20 years. Uh, but, um, so speaking of 20 years, Kenta, a video of Kenta plays after the match. And um, they're just saying he's returning a Bound for Glory, which uh, you just assume he's in a match with Chris Saban, which he ends up, you know, they end up confirming later. But that's basically it. But um if if you're if you're concerned that Chris Saban's arm may be too hurt to defend his X Division championship at Bound for Glory, don't worry. He even put the belt on the injured shoulder side. So it's okay, it can support ten pounds. So support ten extra pounds. Yeah, his arm it's, it's will be too, fine.
1: Too hard to do this. Too hard to do this. Yep. 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 So well, that was that
0: match. Uh what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Allen Angels, the arm selling, Kenta, everything.
1: It felt like like a waste of fifteen minutes just to get to hey, we're doing Kenta versus Saban at Bound for Glory. So huh? I mean, I think there's more that could have been done with Saban and Angels, but you know, Saban's Goldberg ninety eight. That's true. It's nothing you can do. Um, well, um,
0: Alex Shelley's with Gia, and no music underneath. Um, apparently now, uh, Alex Shelley respects Josh Alexander. <laughs> I respect you, Booker
1: man. No. What are we doing? I don't know. Like, can, we, can oh. we keep consistency? i i don't know i
0: thought you were gonna say can we keep it moving and we can uh jimmy t joins us hello mm-hmm. jimmy um we get uh rhino versus jack price i know i know exactly what you're thinking who um who yeah well it goes exactly how you think it would go um so afterwards bert macklin attacks Uh, But Rhino just fights him off. So he gets blindsided, but then he just beats him up. And then, uh, you know, hopefully Macklin gets fired for this. We'll see. Um, You can't be just attacking people, you
1: know. That's a fireable offense in wrestling. I feared for my life just watching it.
0: Yep. Even though this was taped, you still, like, it's very scary, you know.
1: I thought Steve Macklin might come through my T might through my computer screen and come get me, like, you know, like the Wade Keller that one time with Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's possible. Uh let's see. All right, Tasha Steele's interrupted by Deanna. they form a possible alliance. I guess. Cause why not? It's did this just did this just seem like Hey, uh, you're a wrestler and I'm a wrestler. Let's be wrestlers. Like
1: I don't know what, what, where did this, where did this team up come from? I uh, know, but it did kind of bring something to my like. At least this is how I feel. Is like, what left does Deanna have to accomplish in Impact? I mean, she's won the tag title. She's won the women's knockout title on multiple occasions. Held it. Had great matches with so many different people. Like. What else is there left for her to do there at this point in time? I don't know what's left,
0: what's left for a lot of people to do there. This, I I I don't know, I don't know. But this is random. Um, then we have Fat Eddie and Thin Lishy, and then uh, Frankie Kazarian walks in and says, "We got to find a way to end this." I don't know. I, I, I it looked pretty decisive when. Uh, He kicked the shit out of you at Killer Kowalski's school and left you on the ground and broke a picture over you. And, uh, you know, he did everything but basically piss on you and pull his pants down take a big shit on you. So, like, other than that, I don't know how how we... I thought that was the way to end this. I'm pretty sure that was the way to end this, uh, with you looking like trash, even though you bet on yourself. So we got to find another way. How are you going to top getting beat in your own mentor school?
1: Yeah, this is where this angle has been confusing. Where it's like there's not really much thought put into it. Like, hey, let's do this match. Hey, then let's do this match. And let's do this match. Hey, let's get our wives involved. Like, not a whole lot of thought really going into this.
0: Not a lot of thought going into this, and not a lot of thought going to getting out of it. It's like, why do you, if you guys want to work together so much, then why did you put a. Why'd you put that stipulation and that gimmick match on already? The cinematic match. You know, why'd you do that if you right. didn't intend to end it?
1: Right. You would think that would be like the conclusion of everything. Yeah. Um, so,
0: anyway. Speaking of conclusions, uh, we get Joya with the full routine but it's got an undercurrent of sadness now because we know that this could be the last time that we ever see it, at least here in impact. Um, and they're going to have a goodbye ceremony. Uh, and it's, uh, interrupted by the rascals, uh, for some reason. Um, they just come out to the jerks and then Hendry, you know like he's had enough and he just straight up sucker punches you know and starts a fight um and then santino comes out and i was like okay he's gonna fire hendry like he should that this is uncalled for and then he actually makes a match right play and yeah and if joya wins then yuya gets to keep his job so you know hope spot for Mr. Uemura, there, Uemura-san. he has a chance to not be fired, and so there's a little intrigue there.
1: Um, yeah, I, then, I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought there's a chance. Oh, they might go over because of this. Yeah, and then, and then I immediately thought of like, wait a minute, what if the
0: rascals didn't come out? You were just gonna, you were just gonna let him, just let him be fired. <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> you.
1: Okay, you know, like what? What if nobody came out? He could have just been fired, he, and that would have been it. But right, I, like, like, a, like, Santana really cared that much about his job. He could have set that match up like so far in advance. Hmm. Yeah,
0: and then that would also, if you did that, that also kills the gimmick. The feasts are fired. Like, why do we even have the match? It's like oh not really fired and we know we know they don't take the firing thing seriously but it's a good way to have a loser leaves town match you know but
1: you gotta you know have the loser leave town after that and funny enough like in that same promo they mentioned like well i can't give you a tag title shot because uh abc's got the briefcase (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you know, you couldn't you can only face this set of champions like <laughs> if the if the titles change hands, I'm sorry, you don't get you don't get a shot. That's that's how the briefcase works, right? Do they put did, did they ever explain the time limit on these briefcases? Is it like a one year like money in the bank or did they
1: ever said that? I want to say like at the first one they said it was a year, but then I I don't think they've said much after that or anything after that. Okay. Jimmy T says, where's the muffins, vet? Well, I ate them all.
0: I had a I definitely had a, a big munch down on uh wreckage on Sunday. There was uh they said um we they got to the point in the show where it was the the kingdom versus the best friends in a TV match, and I just shoved the whole thing. Crumbs were flying everywhere. I had to get a Dustbuster for the the office here. Um so anyway, we do get the Joya versus Rascals match that we didn't know we wanted until we saw it. And uh then we saw it and then we realized well I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything really that bad about the match, other than it just wasn't that great. Um and uh ultimately it's just spray paint again spray paint in the eyes of Yuya and then they small package him and then he unceremoniously is you know still fired as planned no no goodbye so not only did not only did they give him the hope spot but the ceremony that they were going to have before the rascals inserted themselves into this um we don't get that either so Fuck you. Goodbye.
1: Get out. That's it. What do you think? I know. I kind of thought this was going to lead to Yuya coming or staying with the company because it's like, why would you spend like that much time and effort in getting new tights, new gear, new production, new video, new music, all that, and like, okay, buy within like a month. So I thought this was going to be like their way out of that. a good
0: question maybe they just wanted you to believe it that much more um so i don't know yeah i don't know um gia catches giselle uh on her way to somewhere and giselle cuts a promo i guess she's got a match she's at the main event um and then we get a design vignette with music underneath, um, where they say that uh, Khan is coming for Josh Alexander,
1: and is gonna Big Khan. Beat. and is gonna get beat like everybody else who gets in the ring with him. Yep.
0: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, man, if if you're gonna have, you cannot have a. This is not even the only person in Impact that's like this. We talk about Savannah Evans like this. You can't have a heater-type character that just never wins. You're, you're basically just saying, like, as soon as you tell me Khan's having a match, I know he's not going over. If, if you put him in there with somebody like Jack Price, I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, Khan's going over. But that's the only time. Anytime he's up against anybody, any other name on this roster... If it was him versus you or and the loser gets fired, I know Khan's getting fired. Like I know that. So there's really no point in even having guys like this, and there's no point in beating guys like this. You you don't have to you don't have to have them always get beat. You know the heat is in, um. Is in a uh, uh, Cody or Deener getting beat? You know, like. That's the heat and him getting beat and always saying like blaming somebody else for it and or just not acknowledging that he was beat, or acting like it never happened. When you beat the guy that shouldn't get beat all the time, but that it's just it's just a function of how the business in general has changed. It's like it's like these AEW impact or whatever they're just bringing bigger guys in for the smaller guys to go over on so it looks more impressive. You know? Brian Cage. And I understand if there's no value on some of the bigger guys that you could use them in that way. But others, some of the other bigger guys are pretty good. So, you know, you have to know where to or how to use your talent accordingly. But you tell me Josh Alexander's got a match with Big Khan, I'm sorry. There's not a doubt in my mind who's going over in that match. So, Yeah no point um so next is the memphis street fight why i don't know because uh it's uh sheldon jeans and kenny king who get the jobber entrance by the way just match just comes back from you know the show just comes back from break with them in the ring and then we get uh heath and tommy dreamer making their entrance and then, uh, yeah, we got Street Fight. Now, what was interesting to me about this match, I don't know if you saw this, you may have, you probably did, but uh, I think Tommy Dreamer got stabbed or sliced by that trash can that he took a bump on because he was like, at first I thought he was just fat and fiddling with his clothes again. <laughs> uh but he kept doing it for a long time and he was clearly talking to the ref the giant lady ref he was talking to kenny uh he was talking to everybody and he just like at one point just took himself out of the match it was like over in the corner and it just looked like he was like i don't know what he was doing it, it almost I, at first i thought he was trying to pull up his pants then it looked like he was trying to like hold something in like he got cut open or something, and he kept looking at his hand. So I assumed he was checking for blood. So I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" So I I, I ran it back, which so I never like to do. This I like to just move on with my life and not spend any more time on impact. I had to, but I actually ran it back and uh and watched him take that spinebuster on the trash can, and it looked like part of the lid sort of like broke. And came up and it could have like stabbed him in the left side around the kidney area or somewhere like that. He kept grabbing around like uh, the front of his pelvis like his lower side. So I don't know what happened, but um, but yeah, he was fucked up for a minute. And then eventually they just, he just got back in the match and kept going. Uh, At one point he looked like he was going for a superplex off the like he had a ladder set up on in between the top and second turnbuckles and was trying to balance on the ladder for a superplex and i was like what the fuck you can't even barely do a suplex on the mat but anyway that was just that was just a tease for him to get cut off or whatever and then you know eventually he there's a table set up in the corner and he gives uh, Sheldon a death valley driver through that and i'm like fuck that dude i'm not taking no move like that from tommy dreamer at this stage of his life i I have no confidence that he's gonna protect me you know (laughs) he he almost looked like he stumbled through it like he couldn't support sheldon's weight and he just kind of fell over and the table broke i i'm sure sheldon was fine um but to our what we were talking about earlier about edge and you know being able to say hey look i'm not doing that you know maybe sheldon could have stuck up for himself here but i guess i guess he survived um and then uh that's the one two three right there as look i guess kenny and uh he fought up the ramp and everything and then after this um crazy steve if he is in fact crazy uh Brought his briefcase in and attacked Tommy with it. Cause remember, Steve's got the digital media championship shot in his briefcase. And he's wearing a baseball cap and a t shirt, both of which he tears off and then um you know. And no face paint. No face paint. I don't know what the point of the hat was. Like, did it matter? Were you in disguise? I'm not sure what <laughs> I don't really get it, but but you did attack somebody outside of a match so i think you should be fired now you know i just think
1: (laughs) my name's a scorpion i'm from the desert
0: (laughs) (laughs) so what do you you know the memphis street fight brandon memphis street fight
1: uh no different than a detroit street fight a new york street fight uh Los Angeles street fight, a Houston street fight, a St. Louis street fight, a Tallahassee street fight. It took ah.
0: place in the ring, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like I missed the street fights that actually went out into the street. Yeah. Well, they've done that before, too, but
0: you know, I guess this wasn't I don't know. it's another case of like, well, you know, an old fat guy beat a younger in shape guy for a championship, and that's not the end of it. <laughs> like, what, what, what else is that? What is, what does Kenny King get out of this? You know, like he, he already had to do a job for this guy that could his pants wouldn't stay on and he can barely move. So you got a further like, oh, and let's have a street fight. Why? Why should we? It's over. You took his belt. There's there's nothing you can say. He's not gonna get his belt back in this match, so what's the point? You know, why are we doing it? It's this is like this would be like if you had a match at your at Killer Kowalski's school and then you just kept uh you just you just kept the angle going and would say we gotta finish this somehow. I'm pretty sure we finished it. So there you go. Uh, you might have to unmute yourself if you have anything to say.
1: Uh, just repetitive, basic. Like, could do something different and just—I don't know. We can't. No, we can't. Uh, but we can do
0: an ABC uh promo, mm-hmm. um, until John Schuyler interrupts, just to let everybody know that. Uh, Jason Hotch is at home with a newborn. Uh, so there's not going to be a match. Um, and ABC tell them, well, find a partner. It's, uh, you know, and then he says he hates Memphis. So it's just riveting. I, uh, I don't even care if you want to say anything to this. I'm just moving on. Yeah. It's about as riveting as you, uh, explained it. Yeah. Um, octoball faces off for the 17th time or so i can't remember i've lost count this was actually way more riveting than that last segment yes so i was i put the note that i'm glad that gresham is in a good enough mental state uh that he feels like wearing his entrance gear again instead of a t-shirt you remember when he was just coming out in a t-shirt like uh eh, yeah whatever He's Any back. Effort- to, he's got his whole yeah uh, he's got his whole mask and and a robe and everything. He looks cool again. So I'm glad he's glad he's back to that. Um, uh, he is still sweating though. You know, usually around the six seven minute mark, the sweat is just like pouring out of him, and he does look in pretty good shape. So you know what that means. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna mention it every time. I'm just concerned. I'm worried about the man's health. Um, because I don't want anything to happen. Get some better so. advice. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, so these guys, you know, they 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 pretty much got an idea of what they're doing. It's always interesting. One thing I notice about Jonathan Gresham's matches is I don't always like everything he does, but I like that he's definitely got ideas, and you could tell that they're his ideas because no one else that he's in these matches with does them in their matches. So it's, it's, I don't see Mike Bailey going and doing some of the things in his matches that happen when he's wrestling Jonathan Gresham. So I know it's Jonathan Gresham always thinking, trying to come up with different ways. So you can't say Jonathan Gresham just goes you know, through the motions and has the same match every time. He's always thinking of different things and, and creative things. I, and I think this finish was, if I had to guess, I'd say this finish was his idea.
1: Uh, I would I would assume so as well.
0: Because, w- again, we see what Impact comes up with, right? When it's not a Jonathan Gresham match. I've never seen this in my life. I don't think. If I have, I don't remember it. But basically, well, the way it works is, if, you know, for everybody that didn't watch the match, which is, I'm sure, I assume all of you, um, if you you know there's a spot you could do in matches i used to do it myself whenever i got a chance because it's easy and it tells us a miniature story so what you do is you cover a guy and he kicks out then you cover him again then he kicks out and then you cover him a third time and he kicks out it's usually after this is at the point of which you are frustrated and now you would grab a hold because he obviously can't be put down so you have to wear him down some more you give him a chance to, you know, if you're a baby face, you give him a chance to fight up and come back. I used to love doing that because, like I said, it's very easy. And you do it differently. Like, I would just, you know, I'd just pin him shoulders only, you know, and then just hold him down. Then he'd kick out. Then I'd hook a leg. And then he'd kick out. Then I'd hook two legs. And then he'd kick out again. And I'm like, fuck, what do I got? You know, I'd get frustrated and get on him and start punching him or whatever it is to show the people, like, this guy's not giving up and I'm getting mad now. You know, that is the story. It's very simple. However, John L. Gresham has a different idea. He goes for a cover, kick out, hook a leg, kick out, hook the trunks, one, two, three. So, boom, he gets the spot over that a match can end at any time. Two, he actually gets pulling the trunks over, you know, because it's something that, w- it makes the difference between a guy that's, unable to be pinned and getting pinned right and it comes up with a way out and it tells a miniature story in that it's like hey wait a minute i thought we were cool which is what mike bailey's saying as he gets up and he's like you know uh appealing to the referee like
1: hey you grab my trunks and to go to the crowd like you saw it he grabbed my trunks right yep and it also uh makes the story they been building with Gresham mean so much more than him talking about like well, the last month, two months, about how there's all this cheating, all this uh, rule breaking going on behind the ref's back and nothing ever is done about it. So if he's basically going, okay, fuck this, I guess I'll play along too. That's
0: right. Um, So it totally makes sense in the context of what they're doing. So this is a case to me. Now, this is just to me and probably to you, Brandon, but to me what this looks like is a lemonade. It looks like chicken salad looks like, okay, look, this is what you're giving me. So I'm going to try to make it make sense with everything else that you've given me and move things forward. And this is the kind of thing you do, even if the creative isn't thinking about you or the other guy at all, you know, which again, when you stack it up against literally the whole rest of this show. It's pretty clear that there's different different thought processes at work with just this one match versus everything else on the show. Everything else on the show is just the most lazy, paint-by-numbers, cliched, non-creative, treading water, anything you want to say. And then this one little thing on the show is like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And it just so happens to be one of the least focused on things. So to me, that tells me it's like the talent working to try to figure out a way to get themselves over without um, necessarily undoing any of the other creative plans, right? So I'm not saying that they had 100% to
1: do with it, but I'm sure there was some input from the guys. I guarantee a lot of that was Gresham. He he definitely comes across as somebody who like puts a lot of thought process into trying to make sense of anything that he's handed.
0: Well, yeah, you've been well. You've been up and down the roads of Gresham a little bit, right? So, you, I mean, you you have a general idea of what he's like. Was he? Was he? You know, my read is that he's constantly thinking about being different and things that are unique. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Any Gresham stories that uh,
1: fit into uh, this?
0: <laughs> and the no?
1: only real story I, story I can think of is there's one time where it was me, three other guys who were. Pretty big sized Gresham and Jordan Grace, all of us driving down from St. Louis to Atlanta in my tiny ass car that only fit five people. So basically, like throughout the ride, we had a switch who sat on everybody's lap in the back between Jordan and Gresham. That's funny.
0: that's wrestling, baby. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so not only all the stuff that we said, but you know. Um, wasn't it, um, Mike Bailey, what's it? He has a match upcoming, right? At
1: yes. Him. It, yes. I believe it's him and Osprey.
0: Yeah. So Will Osprey is taking on Mike Bailey and the story they were saying is like, you know, Gresham's like, you're on, on, another. this guy's on another level. You know, are you at that level? And he knows what it takes to be a champion, you know, that was the story that they told when they made this match in the first place. So this finish also feeds into the, like, doing whatever it takes to be a champion thing. So there seems like there's a there's, there's so much more to talk about and intrigue in this one match than everything else Impact has been doing, right? I mean,
1: it's amazing. Again, it's says, I, I think his thought process is on a different level than a lot of people in that company. Right. Plus, he's got his ranking in last year's PWI 500 to
0: show you. (laughs) Probably not this year. I don't know what he was, I don't know what he was ranked this year, but um so, uh yeah, uh, right. well so there was that, and then we go from that um, to, you know another i guess a highlight even though it's kind of a low light in the sense that it was a highlight if that makes sense which i'll try to make make sense here um so moose and myers are backstage on the batman 66 set and he's got the briefcase in his hands he says i've got the world championship match in my hands you know and then he you know says says to myers hey if it was the tag team we would already been the champions by now but you know whatever and myers is happy for moose he's he's uh you know he says that he deserves it and everything and then moose is saying it's been a while since he's dipped his you know his his toes in the singles waters or whatever even though he had that match with kevin knight that not that long ago but whatever um so he's he's making an open challenge for a match a one-on-one match uh so whoever answers that they're ready for that so so i say it's a highlight cuz moose appeared but i say it's a low light because this is the only time that moose appeared and you know it's just to say this this obvious nothing happening treading water you know just reminding everybody that moose has a world title
1: match um uh, we'll see what they do with it but um I felt they could have done a lot more with this by like kind of building that thing where like uh Moose is very clearly out for himself, but he's kind of stringing Myers along where Meyer and Myers actually believes that Moose gives a shit about him when he really doesn't. And I thought they could have got a lot more out of that, but they dropped the ball on that.
0: Well, it depends how long is he going to carry this thing around? Like, There's still time, but I don't know. Uh, Alright, Bert Macklin wants Bully to help him deal with Rhino, and Bully says he'll talk to him, and Macklin's like, talk to him? And Bully's like, yeah, I'll talk to him.
1: Obviously, they're setting up for a face turn for Bully, right? Yes. Yes,
0: obviously. Even though he came in as a face, and, yeah, you know, everybody said he was a heel, so so he turned heel. <laughs> um... But anyway, yeah. So basically, Bert calls him soft. Is that that's basically the point? Which that's a, that's a thing that people that's a word people like to throw around these days. It's 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 cool. It's a cool thing in wrestling, you know, either on camera or behind the camera to call people soft. It's just a cool. We we want to talk about how soft everybody is now. That's that's what we like to do. So this is no different. S a w f t. Yeah, that was a that was it. Was actually was cool to call people soft back then, Uh, but they're not doing that one. They're doing Mm. a different one. Um. So yeah, all right, whatever. And your main event is Giselle Shaw versus Trinity. Is this this for the
1: title or I don't remember? I believe it was non-title. Non-title. So yeah, like part of the thing, part of the whole uh, thing they're doing with the commentary and the lead up to it was like. Oh, if it wins, it could lead to a shot at Bound for Glory. Great. Well, isn't isn't that lazy?
0: <laughs> it's like WWE book. Um, Labra says Blue Chew. You know, because everybody's soft. So, yeah. I do yeah. like how. Uh, I I do like how no matter what the demographic is, you know, any ads that you see centered around wrestling whether it's on podcasts or whether it's on uh, access tv it's just like it's like manscaping and dick pills you know just it lets you know what your the advertising lets you know um what they think of the audience so or what at least the companies think your audience is
1: let's just say i'm glad i'm not the only one who thought that
0: you are not the only one. So. No, everybody that watches wrestling is, you know, too hairy and has a limp penis. That's basically, you know, what what I've learned in the decades of listening to advertisements. So
1: And there's people who can help you with that.
0: That's right. Uh, but anyway, Shaw versus Trinity. Um, I don't know. What do you think? It's it says Trinity over with the Starstruck. That's that's the finish. Spoiler. And then uh and then some stuff happens, but
1: before that, we'll get your thoughts on the actual contest. I mean, it was an alright match. I mean, both obviously know how to work, know what they're doing, they know their characters, they know how to get over, it's just, like, what's really the point of watching this match for 15 minutes if there's really nothing on the line? I don't know
0: what the point is.
1: Like, I get why, your
0: point that there's no point,
1: like why not make it a title match going to go this long, and then you have the whole Mickey James run out thing,
0: yes, and then you have the whole Mickey james run out thing and she runs out because Savannah and Jay uh just beat up Trinity after she wins, and um yeah, then we get Mickey come out and then uh you know she fights him off and then um. So we should probably fire them, too, and, you know, at the very least, suspend Mickey James. I think we should suspend her because,
1: you know. Oh, I feared for my life just watching it.
0: Yeah. Uh, or or we could just give her a rematch at Bound for Glory. You know, she never lost, so we can reward this behavior with a title match. I mean, it
1: worked for Jeff Hardy, right? I mean, that's basically the uh, thought process or storyline behind Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley, so why not? Why not?
0: I think why not is the nicest reason that you could ever endorse Impact Wrestling with. Uh, if you're trying to, if someone says, Why should I watch Impact Wrestling? <laughs> like, that's the, that's the best way you could say, Wow, well, why not? yeah you know? that, that, this whole thing, this whole show feels like a why not? You know, it's like, ah, I guess. I mean, they didn't screw anything up too bad. <laughs> Just a lot of nothing, so. But that's basically a state of the business these days. A lot of nothing.
1: Again, like the whole Shawn entourage, that that's DOA. Like you're you're not going to get that. Or you, they've been beat too many times. There's there's nothing they can do to salvage that.
0: Yep. Impact wrestling. At least we aren't RuPaul. Impact wrestling. Because why not? I mean, great, great taglines for Impact to consider using. Um, they won't, but uh, that's basically that's basically the flavor of this. So, you know, here lies another episode of Impact. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say too many words over it. I'm just, I, I, I hope it's in a better place now. Uh, and we'll let you all get back to your better places, football, Monday Night Raw, anything else. Yeah, We appreciate you spending time with us. Um, hopefully, uh, we made it uh, speed by a little less painfully than Anthem Entertainment does. So, I guess we should wrap it up. Um, brandon tell the people where they can find you outside of this illustrious broadcast
1: uh as always you can catch me on twitter or as they call it now the x at transarchistia i'm also on twitch at twitch.tv slash miss tia the transarchist and i'm also on Substack at hmg brandon
0: all right so stack you can catch up on all the punching up impacts that have been done to this point point. and uh we'll see you could compare and contrast who did it better impact wrestling or brandon by himself in his free time just throwing stuff out there um and uh as for me you know opinion haver at all the social media places you can find me all over hmg monday locker room as of this recording this morning timmy baltimore hopped on we discussed some things uh ben Hamin getting a little more in his personal business stuff you know talking about stuff from immortal and other things so we'll uh we we cover some of that and a little bit of a little bit of news then you got um uh next level wrestling review on wednesday when we'll, big ray and i will talk about no mercy so that's 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern Uh, for a big super review show there and then you got the wreckage every sunday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern where we sift through the wreckage after the collision the AEW collision uh you can watch me eat muffins live usually uh it's that kind of a show um and then you know any of the other things twitch.tv uh, opinion have on all that check out wrestling with Rip rogers every concrete friday at noon unless it's a different day that's also concrete but whatever time it is it's always concrete so so like subscribe hit the notification bell and then you'll never miss a concrete time uh check out uh stevie richards wrestling analysis new video today what went right his new series what went right talking about uh Chris Jericho and um, something about getting disqualified I haven't had a chance to catch it yet because it's a fresh, hot fresh video Um, so yeah, ooh, yeah just uh, check check that out and be sure to wear oven mitts Um, and uh, yeah, Uh, check out his fitness, check out his podcast check out everything Stevie Richards and uh, thank you for checking us out and we'll be back next week And until then, uh, for Brandon, I'm the vet and I don't have a sign off line.